welcome to a uh, another episode of Black Band T-Shirt. It's not a numbered episode, it's one of our bonus episodes. Uh, this week uh, we're doing a top five on Ocean Size, uh, the Manchester Proggers. Long time coming. Indeed. My name's Ollie Connors and I'm here as always with my psychic best friend and co-host Chris Morant. How are we tonight, Chris? I'm good. For, for some reason, for the first time ever doing this just then i heard you say that and in my head i heard psychic rather than sidekick i'm not sure what <laughs> caused that to happen sure uh so yeah there, there's a reason for it uh for us doing ocean size not only because they're great which we'll get into i'm sure but um this past weekend chris and i went to portals festival at the uh, at three venues across the road from each other <laughs> in tufnell park so that was the Dome upstairs, uh, Boston Music Rooms downstairs, and uh, Aces and Eights over the road uh, from the Tube Station. And um, yeah, it's a sort of mix of math rock, post rock. It calls itself a festival of experimental rock. Yeah, posters. Is, the, the, the posters outside, yeah. Experimental uh, rock music. Which, the, which, which is extremely pretentious. But, uh, <laughs> we'll let that slide. Um, but yeah, uh, we had a lovely time there. So after our top five, we are going to go into a bit of review of that festival. Uh, and what a nice weekend we had. Weekend just gone. Um, but um, basically, Mike Venart, the former lead singer of Ocean Size was meant to um, headline the festival with his solo band project thing. Uh, he had to pull out due to COVID reasons, uh, slash probably concerns with playing with his other bands, Biffy Cairo, mm-hmm. that 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 that, uh, that uh, little known act uh, that he's a part of, uh, but. Um, uh, but yeah, um, so he 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 pulled out. But we 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 decided to celebrate the career of Ocean Size anyway because yeah, bands that um, obviously we've covered Biffy before on this podcast, but uh, one of probably quite a few will eventually end up doing of that sort of mm. British scene of the early two thousands. Uh, that meant a lot to us. Yeah, I was thinking before we did this, like they're, they're a band that have just consistently come up in other episodes. Obviously, mm. Biffy, there's the direct link, and I think. I used that as a chance to plug Venart's last album as my recommendation. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Um, Oceanside have come up in at least two of my niche of the better. Mm-hmm. Thing. One of them actually in my top five, I think, and yeah, then one yeah. of them as like a, a close call. Mm-hmm. Um, in our episode with Ash from Sugar Horse, there was a little bit of, little tiny bit of chat with Oceanside, I think, because obviously they're one of his favourite bands. Yep. So they're just one of those that have been kind of ever present in the background of our podcast, really. Yeah, and like... Um... It's funny to mention them in the context of that early 2000s British scene because um, they weren't very similar at all to stuff like Biffy Rubin, 100 Reasons and the Hell is for Heroes. Their thing was more uh, sort of the new prog scene, Mm. um, sort of that time in between, um, like, you know... these, These acts that I'm about to mention would have had one eye on the successes of... Radiohead, Tool, yeah. and uh, Muse. Yeah. And it was sort of that time in between um, that and um, obviously you've got bands like Porcupine Tree being an ongoing concern yeah. as well. Um, and between sort of that translating to America where um, shortly after 
we had bands like um, over here we had Oceanside, the Cooper Temple Claws, the music, yeah. Pure Reason Revolution, Amplifier, maybe the last two a bit lesser known to those out there, but I remember those bands coming out at the same time and that was slightly before uh, the likes of Coheed and Cambria and the Mars Volta and Circus Survive broke and Thrice even yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, broke big in the States sort of making prog less of a dirty word <laughs> in the 2000s um, but um, but no I, I think our love for Ocean Size is quite intrinsic to our love of like that Early two thousands. I, I definitely scene. have some some thoughts when we come on to doing our actual top five songs. Um, obviously, thinking about the albums, we're not ranking the albums, but thinking about the albums individually. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are some sort of thoughts that I had as mm. I was listening through for this about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a it's a, with the rules of the podcast. Is is the top five um, that we do for bands um, with four or less albums except for bands who have uh, three albums and a B-size record. <laughs> and, uh, and a significant live album. <laughs> and a live album. But, uh, um, but yes, um, so our top five on Ocean Size. And uh, yeah, um, like I said, a little portal review afterwards will re- um, be in place of our shout-out section um, afterwards. But uh, if you're looking for a shorter episode here, sorry, you won't find it. Not quite the half hour we usually do for our top five. So we're getting to some honourable mentions, first of all. Now, shall we do this like we did Alexis and um, sort of approach albums. them album by album? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Cool. So, Efflores, the debut. Now, I've got a fun story about this. Um, this album I actually bought based off me liking the cover. Nice. I, hadn't, I hadn't really heard of the band. That's really cool because I think that is, especially now, obviously, is less and less of a thing. Yeah. But even when we were sort of buying music, so this was more like nearly 15 years ago now, probably. Yeah, about that. 2002, 2003. Um, that's more than 15 years ago, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, even then, I'd say it was quite a a rare thing for people to do compared to before that, maybe. Mm. That's good. That's really cool to know that because uh, <laughs> this has come up a few times. Um, just in case anyone isn't clear who's listened to any previous episodes by this point, Ollie, I'd say, is at least 50 to 60% responsible for my entire music days. <laughs> Probably more. Um, the initial carrier bag full of CDs that Ollie <laughs> lent me to educate me included the first two Ocean Size albums. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're two of the ones from that carrier bag that I remember <laughs> sticking with me immediately the most. Yeah. And a lot of that actually was the artwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's very distinctive yeah, style yeah. they have and um, we should sort of go into maybe first of all um, what it is that got you into the musically because like I think at the time like my, my, my feelings of uh, honest have changed because at the time I think um, I saw Ocean Size as this very unique band that I hadn't heard anything like before but listening back now mm. They're very indebted to their influences, especially on early records. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And I think there is something to do with the age that we kind of got into. And when and yeah. when I first listened to them, when you gave me those CDs, um, for me, at that time, I would have been massively into the kind of... Uh, I probably got into punk. Mm. Um, was dipping my toes into metal. Yeah. And probably sort of the metal core of around that time, like 
bullet and kill switch and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, Prog hadn't really, but you know, I knew the obvious big Pink Floyd things sure. and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but not massively. So start. But, so, but, but, but I guess this was a time when, um, like, we wouldn't have considered stuff like Radiohead until Prog. No, 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 no. Yeah, Tool. I would have been. Oh, actually, well, no, Tool was probably around the same kind of time. Maybe a yeah, little yeah, bit yeah. earlier that I got into. But it definitely, I think, was was thinking back on it. Actually, the the a lot of the more of that kind of progressive music that I'm into now, the stuff that does have songs longer than like six minutes mm. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Ocean Size were probably one of the first bands that I regularly listened to that that did that. So they probably did actually pave the way for, like you say, I then did get into sort of Circus Survive and that stuff more. Which, yeah, yeah. Not as proggy in that sense, but mm. more experimental um, yeah. to use the portals phrase. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they probably were quite actually a significant band in terms of the kind of stuff I then sought out. Mm. Mm. But no, um, what 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 I kind of wanted to say there about FLRS is listening back now, it's so indebted um, to the sort of stuff they were obviously listening to, like. Um, Looking back now, it's basically a record consisting of Radiohead meets Tool with a bit of Mogwai. Yeah, <laughs> I do. The thing is, I think it's that makes it sound a lot more basic than it is as well. That's true. You know, like the, 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 no, I mean there is a lot more going on uh, than that. There's um, some grandeur influences. Um, yeah, um, and I think some more classic prog influences as well. I yeah. think there's, you know, there's a lot more. I'd say Oceanside have a lot more subtlety. Mm. and a lot more kind of tender moments than any of those bands do or that they pull off well tender moments than Radiohead <laughs> sorry I forgot about Radiohead I'm thinking Tall and Muse um, Mogwai and Mo- sorry yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so I suppose no yeah Mogwai actually yeah of course do a lot more of the mm. kind of stuff, of the stuff. Um, but so the thing I was talking about earlier with FRS I think FRS is the one that I definitely get more um why they were put in with that group of the Brit Rock bands like yeah. Biffy and things like there's some songs that I think sound very Biffy Clyro yeah, in, in, in their riffs that they use and things. Um, fair, which is interesting because I think they got a bit mathier and more post hardcore later on. I agree with that, but I think it's more uh, I don't know, just of the time. Maybe to do with the, the guitar yeah. tones and things as well. Like potentially it, you know. potentially production style. Yeah. yeah. But um so <laughs> um I've quite a lot to shout out, uh, both in the honourable mentions and potentially in the top five as well, uh, from this record. But um, what have you got in uh, in your honourable mentions from from this album? So, um, I, I, just before we do all of this stuff, mm. um, I would say that uh, my top five. Yeah, doesn't reflect what I now think of the albums. Okay, as in, if I were to rank the albums, I mm-hmm. don't think it matches at all with what my top five looks like. Interesting, which is which is interesting. Hmm. Um, but so for FLRS for my ones that haven't quite made it in there, mm-hmm. there's only two that I think that I've sort of written down as as, as ones that made the shortlist that didn't make it to the top five. Okay, which would be Massive Bereavement, mm-hmm. which only just missed out. I'd say Massive Bereavement is probably my number six, mm-hmm. um, which is, again, it's like one of the longer ones on FLRS. Yep. It's kind of so much going on in that song. Yeah. Um, and uh, Women Who Love Men Who Love Drugs. Mm-hmm. 
which is one that I didn't kind of fully get into until quite a bit later. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's one yeah. of the more subtle ones. Sure. Um, but I, I really, really like that one now. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, ones that didn't quite make it for me off this record. Um, so I've decided to cheat a bit and uh, include I Own the Morning and Catalyst together. So okay. I, I Own the Morning is the intro to the record and Catalyst is the okay. um, song that follows uh, straight in after it and was the actually the lead-off single mm. for this album. I remember it having a video on um, MTV2. Um, yeah, I, just I Own the Morning is a fantastic intro. Yeah, yeah. And um, Catalyst, great song. And I, I suppose that's something that, that about like this kind of music and things as well, isn't it, that... You know, the songs all do flow into one another. Yeah, quite yeah, yeah, quite well. Um, others from from FRS I have in my other mentions, uh, Saturday Morning Breakfast Show, yeah, which I believe previously mentioned. Uh, yeah. it came up in our um, songs named after days of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, one Day All This Could Be Yours um, mm-hmm. is, is in is in the other mentions, as is You Wish and Women Who Love, uh, women who love Men Who Love Drugs. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, quite, quite, quite a lot I like about this record. So, at this point, before we go on to the next one, mm. I, I, this is something to, I won't comment on my kind of top five choices of anything at this point, mm. but something that I realised doing this listen through, I think I prefer, I think Effloresce is a better overall album yeah. and works better start to finish as an album. Yeah. But I there are more specific songs that I hold in high regard on everyone into position fair so do you want to go into what you've got um for any honorable mentions from that mm. so one of the first probably the first actually oceanside song that i properly clicked with and and made me then go in and, and listen to much more was mm. um homage to a shame also in my honorable mentions or an homage to a shame however you yeah. say it um i, I believe in a song it's in a song it's homage homage to yeah. a shame yeah, yeah. uh yeah, I, I mean, it's one of the more. Was it a single? I mean, it feels I like can't it remember. feels like it should have been. It's it's one of the more kind of accessible, mm. straightforward tracks, but just very satisfying. Yeah. Um, another one that is kind of at the top end of my honorable mention spirit, but not in my top five, is "You Can't Keep a Bad Man Down." Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Yeah. And then uh, music for a nurse. I've got as a mention. Yeah. A because it's it's one of them bigger songs. Yeah. You know, it needs to be acknowledged. Um, and it is it's it's in my my upper my kind of my short list for the album, but not quite as high up as the other ones I mentioned. Um, we um, uh, Chris didn't know this, but um, mm. um, we, we 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 were at the pub before doing recording and uh, mentioned that music for a nurse was in an orange advert. Yeah, I had no day. idea. Yeah. I knew it was one of their more famous songs, but I didn't yeah, realise yeah. why. Yeah. <laughs> Um, just a, um, a quick aside because I, um, I haven't got that song in my top five no spoilers but uh, or in my honourable mentions it's it's a good song mm. but um, it's called uh, Music for Nurses because someone disparagingly one of the members of the band saying oh this is just Music for Nurses <laughs> <laughs> I say so it's Music for a Nurse yeah but there was the EP Music for, after, music for Nurses Music for Nurses well, that, 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 that was a bridging EP between yeah, yeah. <laughs> Between Fleurs and everyone, oh, it was in before position. Yeah, that may come up later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, my honourable mentions of of everyone into position, which um, yeah is a quite a divisive record. Um, I think it's probably the one that fits most neatly into the Brit rock thing. Yeah, 
it's more accessible songs. It's very, it's very, it's very melodic. Like um, I think Mike Venart has said, he understands why it, it went down quite badly with the poorly with the fan base, mm. but it is still his favourite. Okay, yeah, yeah. ocean size record. I mean, I will just say at this point, without giving anything away specifically, mm. what I've realised coming up in my top five mm-hmm. is that the thing. I enjoy the most about any Oceanside songs is when there's a really strong Venart vocal mm, melody. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so yeah, um, Homage to a Shame, New Pin, I've got in yeah. there, and uh, No Tomorrow uh-huh. as well. This All is the best. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the problem with the band like Oceanside is we're almost mentioning every song of every album because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they are just you know there's very there's very rarely a poor. Or a weak track, really. But what do we think of Frames, the third record? This mm. is a big fan favourite. Yeah, not for me. It's too long. I just... there's So basically what I did for this, I would listen through to all the albums once just to sort of re-familiarise myself. And then I listened through again and I made a note of any songs that particularly stood out for me. Mm-hmm. And I realised after my first time through that I'd not written anything down for mm. Frames. Interesting. And I had to go back and listen to it again and be like, yeah, okay, I've got yeah. to choose some to yeah, go on yeah. my shortlist. Um, so again, no spoilers, but there are none on my top five from Frames. Neither. Uh, um, me either. I've got ones that are high up there and there's one that's probably my number seven, like one that was very, uh, you know, nearly okay. considered. Mm-hmm. But uh, that is actually the bonus track for his... Ah. Which isn't on streaming services, yeah, frustratingly. Yeah. But if you search on YouTube, but you can I find do it. know that song. Yeah, um, it's like eleven minute long. Yeah, you yeah, know, it's really, it's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. Annoyingly, not on the album. Should have been, um, but then you just said the album's already too long, so maybe <laughs> yeah. that's why. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, like at the time, um, yeah, I can, um, I didn't get this record at all, and right. still. Still not a huge fan. It. Um, I just think like the songs have some interesting ideas. They're just sort of bludgeoned into you over and over again on mm. this record. I There's feel. There's not as much um, dynamic going on. I don't feel. No, absolutely. Do Do you think it was a reaction to the criticism of everyone in position? I think so. If that was criticised as being too melodic and accessible. Yeah. You know, I this is so. definitely more of a prog album. Yeah. Well, and 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 it has. Some more uh, going back to the FLRS days of more diverse influences, like mm-hmm. Sleeping Dogs and Dead Lions has a very mushugary type yep. intro, which is something that they've never done before. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think this album does have its merits. I think yeah, yeah. The, the opening three are very good. Um, commemor- uh, so called on uh, streaming services, commemorative t shirt, leaving out commemorative 9 11 t shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, the one I've gone for in my honourable mentions is Unfamiliar. Yeah. Uh, because it has a nice um, 100 Reasons reference. Yes, yes, I did notice that. Yeah. <laughs> I've got Unfamiliar and Trailer Fire. Yeah, Trailer Fire is great. But then at, yeah. my, at my top end of my honourable mentions for it, a Savant and The Frame, The Closer. Um, See, I thought I thought Savant was awfully dull. Really, mm. it's definitely one of the. It's like the the quietest one on yeah. there, isn't it? Yeah. But I quite liked that. That was okay. the one that for me, made, because it was a bit of a change in pace. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Voorhees is my is my top one for me, even though it's not actually on the yeah, album. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
we'll just just quickly go to go back to as well because I, I don't want to ruin anything but i'll mm. just say it so i have said it i did also put down as an upper shortlist choice is um one out of none for music for nurses ep okay but i know you said we'll talk about that at some point later so i won't delve into it yeah. <laughs> um yeah so yeah frames i wanted i because again when it came out mm. i obviously it was the first one that came out after i had got into oceanside yeah. through you lend me those two the first two albums so I really wanted, I was excited and I really wanted to love it. Mm. And I remember listening to it when it came out once through and then I never really went back to it. Mm. Um, maybe if I had listened to it more when it came out, I'd be more into it. I don't know. But something just didn't, just didn't, maybe my, my taste had changed by that point or I don't know, but I just didn't click in the same way. Um, fun story about this album's title. I, I don't know if you know this, but um, uh, so... Um, uh, at a gig, Mike Venart was talking to um, Andrew Falkus mm-hmm. of McCluskey and the Future and Future Left um, about their upcoming record. And Falco had listened to demos and said, uh, "Oh, I, I, I like, I, I really like the title of the new record, Frames, isn't it?" And at the time, it's called The Frame. But Mike Venom was like, oh, that's a way better title, actually. <laughs> so that's why you've got the song The Frame on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. <laughs> anyway, so then we move on to any honourable mentions we have from their final record. I'm just going to skip um, in between that. We've got mm. Home and Minor EP as well. Oh, okay. Um, I completely forgot about that. There's not a whole lot on there worth no. really delving into, but I did just make a note of Getting Where the Water Cannot was one okay. that I, I thought was... At least worth a listen if people haven't already. And just a shout out, uh, just looking at it now, a shout out for a, for a song title, Disneyland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, self-preserved by the body, body uh, mm. while the bodies float up. It's sort of characterised as their pissed off heavy record, but it's a lot quieter than I remember yeah. it being. Yeah, same. And um, the other thing I'll say is when it came out, I remember finding. <sighs> use a word I don't want to use here but I mean mm. lazy okay. I remember finding it quite boring okay that's not the right word I found it slow there are, there are moments of it like um, especially the outro to um, Oscar acceptance speech I was like god when is this going to end found, I found it slow however I now think it's their best okay I think it's their best album show you working um I mean, I can't really. Just that it's. <laughs> I, just, I just think it's the most accomplished and the Fair. most mature and the most interesting. I think there's the most variety on the album, yet it still works as a whole album. It's very interesting you say that, considering it was written whilst the band were falling, falling oh, to pieces. Yeah. yeah, it is interesting. And, and like I said, it's another one, like Frames. I listened to it. I listened to it a bit more than Frames mm. when it came out. Yeah. And I liked it. Yeah, but it was just one of the. It was one. You know when I don't know if you get this or not. I get it quite often when an album comes out, and you listen to it maybe once or twice when it comes out, and you think, "Yeah, I like that. I'm going to listen to it more." Mm. And you never really go back to it, and it's always in the back of your head. Every now and then you'll see it, or it'll come up, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I keep meaning to listen to that again." Mm-hmm. It was one of those albums for me for years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Until we did this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I gave it a few proper listens again for this, and yeah, I'm pretty sure I think it's their best one. Fair enough. Okie dokie. So, um, anything you want to give a shout out uh, to mm. in your honourable mentions for this one? Yeah, um, and quite a few honourable mentions for this because, mm. like I said, my top five doesn't you... necessarily represent right. my what, album structure. What, what, what you've now yeah. decided is your favourite. Um, 
But so the ones kind of at the bottom end of my of my honourable mentions for it would be uh, Super Imposter mm-hmm. near the end. Uh, great Simon Neal appearance in It's My Tale and I'll Chase It If I Want To. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice short, sort of short, sharp, heavy one. Yep. Uh, Ransoms, I think it's really cool. Mm-hmm. And then my my upper honourable mentions would be the opener part cardiac, yeah, which yeah. is like almost a doom, like yeah, and, crushingly and, 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 heavy. And um, also um, a shout out in that title to the Cardiacs, who are uh, Mike Van Aert's favourite band. Yeah. Um, and also, um, like, uh, uh, the two of us are from Epsom in Surrey. Uh, not too far from Kingston and Kingston's where we kind of grew up musically because there's fuck all going on in Epsom. Um, but Cardiacs are a band we never mention when we talk about the great bands from Kingston. I didn't realise they were. Uh, oh, yeah. There we go. Okay. Mike Smith, the lead singer, born and raised. Nice. No, Tim Smith, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've also got, I've got Oscar acceptance speech. That's very high up. Right. That outro just never ends. <laughs> I love it. I think it's brilliant. What I like about it is that you never really notice it's gone into it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's so it so cleverly progresses as a song to the point where you get to the point where you go, "Hang on, I've just been listening to an orchestral piece for two minutes without realizing it." Right, right. <laughs> you know, I, I okay. just think it's very cleverly written. The whole thing, the whole album. Okay, we like it. Uh, yeah. The only one I've actually uh, gone for in the end, in my honourable mentions, even though I had some positives mm-hmm. to say about a couple of yours, is um, Build Us a Rocket Then. Yeah, cool. Um, which I quite enjoy. Yeah. Okay, so now we go into our top five ocean-sized songs. Uh, can't remember whose turn it is to go first. <laughs> Do you want to um, go? No, I can't remember. I think, hmm. it is, I think I'm first. Got it's it. time, I think. All right. Who knows? Yeah, your number five then, Chris. Uh, my number five is Amputee from FLRS. Nice. Yeah, great um, song. Uh, and again, kicking off straight away with what I was saying about Mike Venart's vocal mm-hmm. melodies. Great one in there. Yeah. Um, there's something about the tone of his voice that is both very unique to modern rock yeah, but somehow very classic sounding. It reminds me of of stuff I listened to as a kid that Dad would play, <laughs> and I don't really know. I, I've uh, ever since I started listening to Oceanside, I've been trying to put my finger on who it is. I thought recently it might be the singer from Delamitri, right? Just tonally, like there's something similar in their tone, yeah. which is a very odd comparison to make with Oceanside, but. Very odd indeed, because even though I introduced him at the start as a Manchester band, uh, Mike's actually from Yorkshire. Yeah. Delamitri Scottish. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just pure, purely vocal tone. I mean, there's some, I'm sure there's someone else that I'm thinking of, but I can, I can never put my finger on it. But it's just a really rich, he's just got a really rich tone to his voice. He does. Um, and sort of warm, and you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think Amputee shows that off brilliantly, as do the rest of my top five, but that's, <laughs> you know... Um, yeah, it's just one of those that uh, is never one of the ones, first ones I think of off FRS. Mm-hmm. But whenever it comes on, straight away I have that moment of, oh yeah, this one, you know, like it's just yeah, a real yeah, yeah. nice kind of moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, my number five is one mentioned earlier. It's um, it's my t- my tail and I'll chase it if I want to. Nice. Okay. From self preserved by the bodies float up. No, 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 no. I did. 
I do, do you know what? No, I've got good at clocking when you've got one in your top five when I mention it you don't say anything now. <laughs> With that one, I genuinely just thought you didn't like it much. <laughs> didn't clock that. No, yeah. it's a um, great combination on that one between uh, Mike and Simon Neal, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah. My, my exact note for it is, uh, hello, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> You're screaming. <laughs> Simon Neal, doing a guest vocal appearance. Never. <laughs> uh, quite. And uh, this is in 2010 when uh, Biffy had gone f- quite far away from screaming mm. in their recorded output. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, short, sharp, banger, really. Yeah, great song. Yeah, okay, yeah, like you say, like it's quite, it's, it is very short by mm-hmm. ocean size standards. It's like, yeah, is it under three minutes? It's, yeah. it's, you know, it's something like that. <laughs> yeah, unheard of. Mm. <laughs> Quite. Uh, your number four, Chris. Uh, my number four is is also from that same album and is the only one in my top five from Self Preserved, mm-hmm. uh, which is Silent slash Transparent. Okay. Um, again, I think it's the one that shows off Mike's vocal the best. Yeah, yeah. Basically, mm-hmm. there's some really nice melodies going on, um, and it's, it's another one of those. It's at the opposite end of the spectrum to uh, It's My Tale in that it's another, I think it's like a 10 minute or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's quite a long one. But goes back to part of what I was saying about what Ocean Size did for me and my musical taste of, of appreciating songs like that that mm-hmm. are a lot longer and progress as they go on. Um, yeah, that's it really. Cool. It's just one of those that uh, is up there with the best of those longer ones from the first couple of records for me. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Uh, my number four has also already been mentioned earlier. It's uh, One Out of None mm, from the go. Music for Nurses EP. Yeah, yeah so um, yeah, uh, really great EP mm-hmm. if anyone out there hasn't checked it out. I think for me, it might be the release I'd recommend for people to get into Ocean Size because it's a, a really... A little bite size... Uh... Selection, yeah. It's a really condensed version of what they do well. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's called the Music for Nurses EP, but it doesn't include music for a nurse. But um, sort of the lead track from this release was One Out of None, which is uh, the first song on it. Um, just a really super straightforward, heavy as fuck, yeah. bludgeoning you around the face banger it's great and uh fun story um so um oceanside played a one-off show at the hybrid hybrid garage i believe it was a warm-up show because i was going to support biffy clyro the next night or something Uh, and um the first band on that night were a then very little known band called editors ah wow (laughs) (laughs) when they were touring the cp uh, so yeah, saw editors when yeah first band on supporting um, Ocean Sides of the Garage, which is funny. But yeah, one out of none. Great song. Yeah. Great song. Yeah, yeah, absolutely in agreement with that. Mm-hmm. You're number three. Uh, so my number three, we go back to Effleurus. Mm-hmm. Another one that's been mentioned, uh, which is Catalyst. Lovely. Along with Homage to a Shame, is mm-hmm. is one of the ones that I first properly. Mm-hmm got into and hooked me in i mean you um, can't you can't not with that starting riff oh my god i never heard anything <laughs> like it when you lend me those cds and i put that album on and that track comes in and you've got the like yeah it's like the alternate what's the word there's a word for it panoramic um, no oh fuck it comes to me right here. but yeah when you've got the two guitars alternating right, right. between each other with it yeah, yeah. Um, oh 
and then the riff properly kicking in. Yes. Love it. And it's still, to be honest, it's my number three, but it's the one, if I want to just put an Ocean Size song on that I know I'm just going to punch the air and enjoy, that's the one. Lovely. You know, it's not got as much depth as some of the other songs. Um, and it's it's one of the ones I think fits most into the whole Brit Rock thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just love it. Cool. Um, my oh, num- sorry. Mm. The last thing I wanted to mention about Cassidy mm. that I completely nearly forgot there uh, was again one of my favourite Mike Van Art vocal moments mm. is the bit in the, near the end, one of the last choruses near the end, where it kind of breaks down a bit and his voice properly breaks and he goes up a goes up a notch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Something that uh, he does a bit more in his solo stuff, I think, actually, probably than he mm-hmm. did in Ocean Size. Uh, yeah. Sorry. It's okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, my number three has already been in your top five. It's ah. Amputee. Nice. From Afteress. Yeah. Um, just in addition to what Chris said about it, I think this is where. Um, Something I said before about FRS comes in really. It's very grungy, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. amputee, yeah, and um, <laughs> it's, it's it's a really catchy song and very lovely, if a little clumsy in its lyrical intent. Yeah, <laughs> um, you could be an amputee. It it can, wouldn't matter all that much. It wouldn't mean a thing to me. Yeah. Implying. Amputees are somehow inferior. Yeah, not so cool. But <laughs> but the yeah, but the <laughs> the sentiment's nice. Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit like um, Cara Delevingne's bulletproof vest, picked up a patriarchy. Uh, but um, uh, yeah, amputee, great song. Good. Great. Cool. Oh, I'm glad we both got that one. Enough, yes. Um, where am I up to number two already? Yeah. Number two. Uh, won't be going into the playlist because it's already there. Because mm. it was one of my top fives previously, yeah. which is Meredith. Yeah. What a song. I know. Yeah. Let's just pick it up again. Right. <laughs> oh. It's just glorious. It's, it's divine, mm-hmm. I would say, in the purest sense of that word. It could come from the gods. It's yeah. just, it's like nothing else. Yeah. Um, and uh, as I mentioned on that uh, shout out then um, to me we'll be forever associated with uh, um, scenes of Marissa Cooper from the OC taking cocaine for the first time and I thankfully don't have that hindrance (laughs) (laughs) what are you talking about one of the greatest shows of all time Um, my number two has crept up on me because this has just been stuck in my head nice okay Ever since I, it was a song I knew I liked, but I yeah. didn't know how much this chorus stuck with me. Yeah. Um. For 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 for, for ever since I started listening back to Ocean Size uh, for this, it's um, remember where you are. Cool. Okay. That yeah. Just didn't, didn't a re- that at all. just a really insistent. Chorus and pre-chorus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, yeah, not one that I've mentioned in my in my mentions or anything, and it's not my top five. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, I, I, I completely respect that. Yeah. Nice. Good song. Um, and 
You might notice my three and two have been FLRS and might come up again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an idea which one it might be. Actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you might. Based on your silence earlier. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. My so my number two was Meredith from Everyone's Position, mm-hmm. and my number one is also from that album. Lovely. Uh, and actually, I'm glad you said about uh, your your number two creeping up on you because mm. my number one's crept up on me. Mm. Never one I would have thought if someone it, when we first decided we were going to do this, and I was sort of just thinking, okay, what are my favourite Oceanside songs? Didn't make an appearance, um, but listening through, I was reminded of it, and it's just. Uh, uh, yeah, ornament slash the last wrongs. Okay. Closer of everyone into position. Fire. Um, mm-hmm. I cried. <laughs> <laughs> I actually cried. Happy cry mm. uh, at the outro. It's such a stunningly beautiful, layered, melodic mm-hmm. outro that is equally, for me, full of joy and melancholy and mm-hmm. everything. Like... Mm. I just think it's a real achievement mm. that, that that whole... I mean, the song as a whole, anyway, is the way... And again, the, as I've said so many times with this band, the way it progresses and, and the way it moves on from bit to bit. But that outro is something else. <laughs> really is. Mm. Amazing. Cool. Yeah, not, not, not a song that I can sort of pick out from the top of my head. Mm. But, um, yeah... Just yeah. a re- just a really epic kind of choral almost mm-hmm. outro to it, and which at the end of that album just works brilliantly. Yeah. So yeah, um, Chris thinks he's called it, and I think he's right in what he's called, even though he hasn't said the Can name. I guess? I'll just on. say the initials. Yeah. MB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, my number one is Massive Bereavement from Ocean Side uh, from FLRS. Um Yeah, uh, it's a behemoth of a song. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it's nine minutes forty-one or something. It's at least yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, just absolutely adore this song. It just goes through so many little movements yeah. within it, within those, within that runtime. I think what um, it was always one of my favourites, but I think what settled it for me was um, seeing them at the Peel. Mm-hmm. Um, can't remember which album they were touring. Maybe it was. Um, uh, frames and it was finally seeing it live like it, it, it was um like i got uh, yeah i got into ocean size not long after frs came out and started watching them live and but they never played massive bereavement i was always hoping for it mm. um and then they finally played it at appeal and i was just like oh this is just yeah this is the fucking best <laughs> um what a way to go we're still running for a bus that we, that we missed years ago Love that as a line. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. adore it. Yeah. Um, and uh, my best part about it is that uh, Massive Bereavement is a Alan Partridge reference. Oh, my God. Massive Bereavement is one of the horses when he's doing yeah. sports commentary on the yeah. day-to-day. Of course it is. <laughs> oh, incredible. So, I couldn't love this band anymore. <laughs> Ocean Size confirmed deep dive Chris Morris slash Alan Partridge fan. So, yeah, fuck yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Cool. 
Yeah. So. I mean, I would just before we move on, mm. I would just say, obviously, based on the fact that we were doing this because Van Art was going to be headlining portals. Mm. I mean, if anyone's listening to this because of Ocean Size, mm-hmm. please, please, please go and listen to Mike Van Art's three solo albums. Yeah. Because they are. I mean, I don't. I don't think you've listened to them quite as much as I have, probably. No. Um, they're all stunning. Mm-hmm. They really are. Like I think the first one, the Demon Jokes, probably the closest to Ocean Size. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and to be honest, if we were doing top five Venart-involved songs, mm. at least one off that album would probably be in my top five instead. Okay. Um, but but is uh, and again, his two his two since obviously I gave a shout out to his most recent one. Mm-hmm. Um, a bit of second one as well. Like they're really, really. If you like Ocean Size, you will like them. Basically, you know, there's 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 more going on. There's there's, di- there's a wider variety of influences, but it's the same kind of feel. Cool, lovely stuff. So Portals Festival. Um, yeah. So last weekend, Chris and I popped on down to there. Um, I think this is the third time I, they've been running a few a, f- a few years now. I think this is the third time I've been, but the first time for you. First time I've been, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, like um, portals. If anyone do- uh, uh, out there doesn't know, it's kind of like a mini arc tangent in London. Mm-hmm. Um, the portals guys run math and post rock gigs in London. Um, you know, well liked within that community. So yeah, they do their own festival, and every year pull it out of the bag with um, some great lineups. And um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed ourselves. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll just we'll, we'll just go through some of the stuff we saw. Uh, there was a particular highlight. So Mountain Caller up first in the Boston Music Room. Yeah, what a way to open the weekend! What a way! Yeah, um, great. I, I think I've shouted out this band on the podcast before, mm. but um, yeah, definitely live more than on record. I got the Russian Circles thing, but uh, live more than on record, I got the old school Mastodon thing. Definitely, yeah. Um, second time I've seen them this mm-hmm. summer as well. I saw them at 80 Trees in Bristol mm-hmm. as well. Um, just got, I, Again, like, I appreciated them and liked the album, mm-hmm. but but seeing them live definitely brings them to life for me. Yeah, um, for sure. Definitely kind of got more out, get more out of, out of their live show. Um, I made a couple of notes during their set Mm-hmm. And things I wanted to mention as well. I've done this for a few of the acts that we saw. Uh, just because one of my favourite things, and one of the things I think makes live music enjoyable, not you know, not for everybody, but a lot of the time, is is when members of the band are uh, good at the microphone in mm. between songs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I particularly wanted to just mention Mountain Caller calling out their holographic manager. <laughs> That was enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. Saying we met our manager at this venue, we've never seen him since. <laughs> if anyone sees him, please tell him to find us. <laughs> that was good. T- touch him and make sure he's corporeal. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then right at the end, I think Ollie had just escaped for a fag before the uh, masses chased him. Uh, right at the end of the last song. Uh, but as they finished, I think they were expecting to play one more. Mm. Uh, she just went up to the mic and quickly just said prog band problems it's already half past we'll see you soon <laughs> uh, which yeah I think more than one other band on this bill are probably <laughs> related to yeah. Yeah. Um, next were Midas Fall mm. uh, who are one of my discoveries of the weekend yeah I mean we'd, we'd had a few conversations where they'd been kind of 
not talked down, but like that that person hadn't particularly hadn't appealed to them, or mm, and, you mm. know. and I think before we went in, you'd said to me you'd read somewhere someone comparing them to Evanescence. Yeah, yeah, I didn't which, get that in the slightest. No, I made a note just saying I think it's a really lazy comparison. Yeah, I think yeah. there are elements of of the singer's vocal delivery that you could say are are similar. I'd compare it more to sort of the Chelsea Wolf, Emma Ruth Rundle but, yeah, I side think of things. Other, I, I mean, even aside from the vocal, nothing else is remotely comparable to Evanescence mm. that they were doing. I thought there was more in in uh, common with the proggier side of Thrice, um, Good Muse, early Good Muse. Um, I thought uh, there, there was a lot of mono in there. Yeah, and, and I, I actually put as well, even the, to the proggier side of Brit Rock, like Ocean Size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think there was it, the musically was really interesting and... and the singer's incredible. Yeah, Brilliant she, she, she was absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, no, I was glad we checked them out. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, Glaswegian band, so, oh, you know. I yeah, so, yeah, shout out, yep. band from Scotland. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, uh, I just go to my, I, 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 well, we both saw the next person. Uh, yeah, yeah. Next, um, anyway, but I was just going to say, it's a nice link in to say, band from Scotland, someone who sounds like it from Scotland, but isn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she is Scottish, with last name Malcolmson. She is. You wouldn't know it talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, this is Katie Malco, who I've seen fucking countless times over the years, so I, mm. I don't need to. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like I've, Katie Malco. I've definitely not seen as much. Um, I think the first time I saw her was for Banquet's uh, Japan Tsunami Appeal concert oh, right. that Gosh, I did yes. a busking set for that yeah. was dreadful um, I, mean, I played fine but uh wasn't received well uh obviously that's what i think um but yeah i saw her play just before um joanna matranga i think mm-hmm. upstairs at a hippodrome in kingston mm-hmm. uh, and thought she was brilliant then and her album from 2019 yeah failures i think yeah yeah uh, no last year uh, 2020 was it 2020 oh, okay. I, I believe so um but yeah for, uh yeah that album failures is a, is a brilliant brilliant album if you haven't listened to it but what was what I really enjoyed about seeing her at Portals was seeing her do those songs in a stripped back way, just her and a guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought breathed a very different kind of life and a different feel into them, uh, and actually showed off what a stunning voice she has. That doesn't, you know, obviously comes across on the album, but to focus it on the live show like that with just her and guitar was yeah really cool. Super. Um, then. Chris and I split off. Um, mm. So I saw I saw Outcries, Aces and Eights, and you saw the Tacoma Ma- Narrows Bridge I also disaster. I saw before that, I think you were on your way there. Ah. Uh. Um, Joe Quayle. Okay. On the, on the main room. The, the, um, the, the, the parody sea, cre- sea creature. Joe Quayle. Oh. <laughs> I heard you make that joke on the day, and I was like, what the fuck is he on about? As you read Quayle as Squid? What's going on? <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> I can't even be annoyed. That's really clever. Like um, yeah, uh, I, j- I just put incredible what one person can do with an electric cello and a loop station when they know how to use them both. Basically, <laughs> but give me a loop station and an electric cello, and uh, <laughs> I'd have no friends left. But <laughs> um, but but she's made something incredible out of it. Yeah, mm. really really cool. Again, I don't, I've not listened on record yet. I mean, I want to go and find. Um, her recordings and, and see how that kind of compares but the live show was really really fun and had very I like stuff like that where there's almost a sense of it being quite improvised and mm-hmm. you feel like you're getting a one-off performance you know where there's sure. little things that are slightly different from other shows 
that was really cool. Uh, but yeah, yeah, and then I saw uh, Tacoma Narrows Bridge Disaster at the same time you were seeing Outcries. Mm. What did you make of Outcries? We didn't, uh, we didn't yeah, sort of Outcries compare much were at cool. Um, yeah, just fancy something a bit di- like so. Um, I went down to Aces and Aces because I thought a different band was on, a young Frau who did, who had to pull out. They sounded um, quite interesting to me from the stuff I checked out, a bit sort of like. Sisters of Mercy, Bauhaus scene. Mm-hmm. I thought that's something a bit different this yeah, weekend yeah. when I'm seeing 90-odd math rock bands. <laughs> um, but no, Outcries were on instead. And um, yeah, they were cool. Like uh, elements of Deftones, elements of early Biffy. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Just a fine rock band to see on a Saturday afternoon. Cool. Yeah. Sounds what you wanted. Sure. Um, <laughs> so Coman Irish Bridge Disaster, I liked uh, that was probably the point in the weekend where I most felt like I could be at Arc Tangent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to say something. I said to Wally earlier, I don't want to it's like say anything negative about any of these bands. And this could be construed as a negative thing. But I, I'm going to sort of say first, I don't think it is a negative thing about the band. I think it's something about my musical tastes right. more, more than the actual band itself, right? Mm-hmm. So... The thing at Arc Tangent, anyone who's been to Arc Tangent for the weekend, I'm sure most sane people will know that feeling in the weekend where you're watching another instrumental band yep. and thinking, could really do with some vocals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like instrumental bands are either, uh, if you compare them to desserts, mm-hmm. cheesecake right. or apple crumble. Okay. They're both rich and tasty, mm-hmm. but one of them could just do with something else on the side. Okay. And for me, they were apple crumble, where they're great, but the vocal would have been the ice cream yeah. or the cold custard. Not hot custard, fuck off. Um, <laughs> um, like, yeah, so I really enjoyed them, but maybe in the context of a festival where I was worried it was going to go down that route of being lots of instrumental bands, yeah. I wanted a bit of a... I, I just feel like vocal would make their songs better, and there are some instrumental bands where you don't feel like that. Talking, but they were great. Talking of which, we saw another instrumental band after them. We did. Uh, Vassa. Yeah. Um, Vassa are cool. Like, we, the, both, we both went in thinking they were someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you thought they were Vola. Vola and yeah, I yeah. thought they were Alma. <laughs> um, so, yeah, bands with four letters, change it up. With a V involved or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Or a, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Fast refined, very much in keeping with the sort of stuff that was certainly on the next day yeah. uh, in terms of axes and alpha male tea party. Yeah, definitely more mathy uh, and up very thing. angular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. Um, um, I did the first thing that came to my head when I came out on stage was the three dreaded words for anyone in a band, which was six stringed bass. Mm. <laughs> saw saw him stroll out with that thing, and I was like, oh. Good God. Uh, but he was great, actually, yeah. as a bassist. Fantastic. And, and as a band, I yeah, really enjoyed it. Cool. Um, uh, another quote from them, sorry, from the uh, onstage mic section mm-hmm. of my notes uh, was, uh, we stopped playing this song, then a Dutch man shouted at us, so we started playing it again. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> um, we saw Luo after that. Mm. Uh, main thoughts of that set. Like, it was cool and um, very... Good that they were able to get it together for their set because they revealed on stage that they had a lot of their shit nicked. Yeah, a few days before the festival. Um, like cool band. Um, very indebted sound wise to Three Trap Tigers. 
Yeah, I mean, I put... But potentially with a bit more of that sort of like post-dubstep... Yeah, I, I've said they basically remind them. There were certain bits definitely remind you a lot of Three Chop Tigers and things, mm. but I put that they basically were like that kind of stuff, but with a slightly fresher sound bank. Mm. You know, that the, it was a more modern sounding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Version of that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the drummer was great. Mm. Really, really cool. And uh, talking of great drummers, big lads. <laughs> yep. Fucking hell. Big lad were <laughs> big lad. Big lad were <laughs> <laughs> big lad. Yeah, uh, if you don't know this band, they're fucking phenomenal. Like, um, you know, um, speedy, up-tempo, angular, electronic, mathy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Great. Yeah. Um, particular highlight of this, uh, they're set, sh- uh, shouting out in the middle, does anyone like jungle? <laughs> and proceeded to play uh, sort of 160 BPM. Yeah. Banger, because <laughs> that, that's what they can do. I've got two uh, non-music related highlights from mm. their set, being that they said um, we didn't get to do an album launch, <laughs> so we're going to do one now. And he literally launched a physical copy of the album into the crowd. Yeah, yeah. landed right in front of me. I saw someone nearly punch someone right in the face. <laughs> they managed to restrict themselves. Uh, and and, then, uh, and also, I enjoyed the game of Hunt the Drumstick. Don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> no, I didn't know. Didn't uh, I assume it was a drumstick. The drummer was looking around everywhere, and then at least two stage techs came on with little torches, and everyone was just running around the stage trying to find a drumstick <laughs> until they eventually found it. <laughs> it's just a shame, because back in the day, um, I loved Big Lad's uh, show so much because they were floor shows. Yeah. And that always felt a lot more intense, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, on stage at the dome, it was it was good, it was great fun, but yeah, it's, just it's not quite the, second, the same when you're, when, when, when you're not down at their level, sweating with them. Yeah, it was only the second time I've seen them. The first time was at Arctangent, last time we went, I think, mm. already. So what was that, 2019? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, yeah, that felt more intense than this did. Yeah, maybe because it was in an enclosed tent. Yeah, it was in like the PX3, wasn't um, it? Or something, yeah, yeah. Um, but I still enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Yep. Um, Hyena Kill up next. Mm. Um, now we both enjoyed that record earlier on this year, but um, and I and I sort of quite liked its similarities to on, on record certainly to the sort of Brit rock stuff we were mentioning mm. earlier, particularly um, stuff like Hell Is for Heroes. But live, it just came off like a bit of a. Poor Deftones um, imitation. I don't know. I, I got more out of it than that, but I, I, they, it felt there was. I couldn't put my finger on it. Right, and I, I feel shitty. I feel really shitty saying anything negative about it because actually we met a couple of them and they're lovely guys, mm. and the album is brilliant. Um, there was something just felt awkward about the set. Mm. Some, it just felt like something was missing. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what that. Was maybe I don't know you know we yeah. don't know the circumstances we don't know whatever mm. yeah you know, it was it was good it was enjoyable but it was just some I don't know something that was on the record that felt like it was missing from the live show mm. but completely opposite to that in terms of presence and charisma was Orchards oh man just fun and glitter and happiness not and... even absolutely disastrous technical failures yeah could stop their charm like. Yeah. I, I mean, that's literally what I've put in my notes. Just thank goodness they have more charm in one finger than most bands do at all. Um, <laughs> because they managed to carry off, I think, the first three songs. Yeah. Like, the guitar just kept cutting out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And somehow the crowd managed to carry it by singing the guitar lines. <laughs> yeah. 
the singer, she managed to just keep the, the energy up and mm-hmm. just kind of, you know, laughed and smiled her way through it. Yeah. Which, you know, that makes all, it's such a silly, it's a daft thing to sort of say out loud, but it makes such a difference. If something like that happens on mm-hmm. stage mm. and the band members laugh it off and just still have an, a fun time. Yeah. Really doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as you get people sort of throwing a strop and looking miserable, then the audience does the same. Mm. Um, and they were an absolute masterclass in that. Yeah. And then they managed to just about fix things and, and go on to a <laughs> celebratory time. Yeah. But um, we didn't actually see all of this set. We had to leave uh, near the end of Orchards mm. um, to go down to Aces and Eights to go see Sugar Horse. And I, have, I have two issues with this. Yeah, well, t- talking of technical difficulties, that was the main thing about this set. Yeah. Um, I mean, the overall issue is the overall issue for me is I don't think they should have been playing there. No, you know they they are at the point I think now where they should have had at least a um, Boston Music Room stage. Yeah, set. I reckon so. I think they would have been better off with a mid, like you know, middle of the lineup set on that stage yeah, than yeah. headlining Aces and Eights and mm-hmm. deserving of it at this point. I also am annoyed that it meant I had to miss half of Orchards to go to go and get in a sixty capacity venue. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they. I for me, they were still one of my highlights of the weekend mm. because I adore the album. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but seeing they, those but... songs live, especially Phil Spector in Hell, that seeing that live was a, a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, it was just, fr- yeah, uh, but, but yeah, frustrating because those songs deserve a better sound system than yeah. the abs. I'm going to say it now, the absolute dog shit that is the PA in that venue. It was awful. I mean, I, I've, I've previously they've been on my list of like venues that we could, we could possibly arrange a gig at and things. After that, no fucking way. <laughs> awful. Because we saw, I think we tried to catch. We'll come on to it uh, when we go on sun, Sunday. But there was another band we tried to catch there for a little bit and yeah. just didn't stay because it was just like. I don't want if I'm gonna. It was the first time seeing that band, and if I was gonna see them, I wanted to see them in a decent sound system. It just mm. wasn't. Mm. I mean, the one thing you could say for their placement on the bill is um, they were a good uh, warm up sound sound wise for what was to come afterwards. Yeah. But um, rather than being in the middle of the day where the, where maybe lighter stuff was going on, but they were playing equivalent to who was it? Oms. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I suppose I get that. Oms mm. are bigger. You know. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah but yeah disappointing um, representation of um, an album we um, we both really like a lot and um, if you haven't already by the way uh, do check out Ash from Sugar Horse on this podcast uh, ranking the records with us of Arab Strap that's Mm. uh, another shout out for bands from Scotland Mm. (laughs) it's nice to meet him in person as well too uh, which I did. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, then we're on to our headliners for the night because we went home after them. Bosk. Always a I've, lovely time. I've made a, a short sentence note for mm. Bosk. One Bosk to rule them all. <laughs> uh, ju- uh. What is there to say? What yeah, is yeah. there to say? I think this is the third... Fourth might be the fourth time I've seen them live. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it more every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really do. It's, I don't. I, and and it, again, they're one of those bands I can't put my finger on what it is. But yeah. It's pretty simple. Yeah, yeah. Really. Yeah. I managed to get some kind of magic in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, I guess what was different about this occasion is they had a um, different vocalist with mm. them. Yeah. So it wasn't a usual uh, chap. He's um, not very well at the minute, but um, it was um, didn't get any names. Just a big strapping bloke. I shout, mean, typical, sh- typical shout, boss. shouting down a microphone. Typical yeah. boss. There was no stage chat, so there was no kind of. If you hadn't followed their social media, you wouldn't know that it was mm. a different vocalist. Mm. As you follow, um, but, I mean, he pulled it off brilliantly. Yeah, yeah. did a brilliant job. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And great to hear some of the songs from Migration, the new album live. Uh, mm. I mean, they're just every time they're just crushing, yeah. crushingly heavy, but in the most beautiful way. Mm-hmm. I've described it actually as well. I think I thought in my head I didn't write down, but. So, a couple of years ago, Sigur Ross, or what was it? I think it was just um, Yonsi, um, did uh, the liminal sound bath thing, mm. right? And did it in uh, in London. Did a few sort of outdoor gigs in High Park. Yeah, um, kind of disappointing because people just went out picnic and laughed and shouted and were loud. Yeah. And I was like, shut up! I'm trying to meditate. <laughs> uh, but. I, I was thinking to myself as I stood there, Bosk are like the noise equivalent <laughs> for me. They're a noise bath rather than a sound bath. Because yeah. I just, whenever I see them, I find myself standing rooted to the spot, drink in hand, just head up to the sky with my eyes closed, just letting it absorb into me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just love it. Absolutely love that band. Super. Um, so then, uh, yeah, uh, Chris and I went home. We didn't check out AD- AKDK. I do really like. I, I, mean, yeah, I, yeah. Just say, I do really like them, but we're uh, getting old and tired. <laughs> Weary men. Um, so then we came back for the Sunday, which started off with Modern Rituals. Mm. Um, who? Yeah, don't get this band. I'm afraid. Um, yeah, it was just. just like they seem to, as Chris and I were saying to each other at the time, they seem to be involved with this scene, and like they used to be signed to Holy Raw. Um, one of them used to be in November Coming Fire, so I guess that's a bit of a link. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, like I've always felt with them, there's nothing particularly that engaging about their music. It's just blokes playing in front of you. Yeah. So yeah, making, I, I mean, making some sounds. I'm not on the same kind of wavelength as Ollie with it. I do really like them. I think. I mean, but I I kind of predicted that Ollie didn't because the, a big thing I got from them as an as like a, a similar sound was Menzingers, but a more sort of slightly more experimental post hardcorey version. And I know Ollie cannot stand Menzingers, <laughs> um, so that made sense to me. Like it's mostly from the vocals, to be honest, the vocal melodies and and, and the, the guy's voice. Um, so you know, I don't I don't dislike them as much as Ollie does. I think they're really cool, but I I do agree that I just don't. And like, I think the difference is for me, if I was to say they don't fit in with that scene and therefore I don't like them, I'd feel like one of those like black metal pricks. You know what <laughs> I mean? That's not what I'm saying at all. I do like them a lot. I just don't understand why they seem to be promoted and celebrated within that scene rather than a scene that seem would seem to suit what they do a bit more. Mm. That like you say, it must be connections to do with previous projects and things. That's all mm. I can think. Yeah. Um anyway, that's kind of by the by. I I, I liked him. Ollie didn't the the reasons for that are obvious to both of us. <laughs> that's <laughs> that really. If you like that more sort of menzing as he I I got kind of Fugazi moments at times, uh in terms of the instrumentation. Um yeah. 
Cool. That's it. But now we move on to the best bad of the weekend, in I, my in, in my opinion. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, absolutely agree. Uh, and it's not even really a band. No. <laughs> it's uh, it's a project of um, Paul from Axes by the name of Human Pyramids. So Human Pyramids are kind of like a math rock orchestra. Like with um, so you've got the traditional setup of uh, drums, um, bass, and guitar, but you've also got violin, cello, um, a human, a, a, a voice choir, uh, and uh, horn section. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, so. I would. I, uh, I was thinking. About I, know, I, 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 I saw their pre-gig photo. And yeah. it, it um, counted, my, my friend's girlfriend who was with me at the time, counted 24 members uh, to yeah. give you an idea of um, how many people were crammed onto the dome stage. I took a photo to take to our band members and I counted yeah. 22 in that photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously two still to come on. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, I kind of thought, actually, like, the best way I'd describe their sound to someone, really, is like a British math rock arcade fire. Yeah. Multiplied by five in yeah. all directions. Yeah, yeah. Musically and members, you know. <laughs> um, but the biggest, the biggest kind of link with that, I'd say, is is the feeling I got from the live shows, similar to the feeling I've got from Arcade Fire live shows, which in my notes, all in capitals, I've just put joy, 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 joy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I said to, the first thing I said to Wally afterwards was, "I want them to start a church, and I will become a religious man." <laughs> yeah. I would go every week and and play the empty wine bottle <laughs> as he did at one point yeah um oh just they just filled my heart with absolute happiness for the yeah. time they were on stage and was... so much of that is his enthusiasm yeah yeah and his absolutely. joy for it absolutely so yeah um like i say paul from axes axe is like the composer mm. um of um of this uh band but um yeah, just marvellous. I love that he goes around the stage throughout the whole set, like kind of obviously doing his conducting bit, but every now and then just turning to the crowd and pointing at a section of the band on stage and just kind of mouthing, aren't they fucking brilliant? Like, <laughs> yeah, just really celebratory, joyful, loveliness. Wonderful. Uh, the post-rockophonic spree I came up with. Um, <laughs> nice, yeah. Uh, um, anyway... Uh, so yeah, um, like, should we just skip the uh, slagging our faces and eights bit again? Um, yeah, I we, mean, we, uh, Megaflora. We, we I, tried I, to see Megaflora. Yeah, I, I like the album a lot, so I wanted to go and see it, but the sound was just dog shit. Yeah. So, and, and we couldn't get in. Yeah. Um, Axe the next. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, like, just a small bone to pick. They are playing the same set they did in 2013. Mm, and still pretty high up the bill. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's a great set. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a really good set. and I think uh, at this point, I was just really pleased to see them again. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, and again, just kind of a really, really good feeling while they're on stage. Just happy. Um, again, I enjoyed them on stage across from each other just mouthing to each other I think we've still got it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah there's one I can never remember what the song's called but it's one that I can't remember if they ended the set with it or not but where the ending just pauses and slows down a bit at a time I can never remember what the song's called 
Um, Bring the riff back, but slower. But but over and over again, <laughs> um, which is yeah, which is wonderful. <laughs> Always wonderful, but even more wonderful if you do it ten times. <laughs> uh, next, we saw, and I've just got to get over it and say this band name. Um, we saw Clitrip. <laughs> um, good I mean, back. I have just assumed that's what that they are called. That right? They are called Clitrip. Yeah. Because uh, we showed the poster to Matt, our guitarist in our band. And he said something about clip drop. And I was like, clip drip, Matt, yeah. please. And then yeah. I realised, well, actually, I've assumed that. No, it is clip drip. I think yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, good band, though. Mm. Um, great. Yeah. Really like them. Balmy um, and wonderful. <laughs> is all I've put, really. You what? Balmy and wonderful is yeah, all I've put. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, it was very incongruous to the bill, um, sort of having this sort of if anyone remembers from the early 2000s, the sort of electro-clash scene, mm-hmm. um, sort of very similar to that sort of thing. Um, I think she uh, she came up in our um, PJ Harvey episode, but um, reminded me a lot of Peaches, her presence on stage. Yeah, I got a bit of um, gossip as yeah, well, yeah, yeah. in terms of the, vo- the sound of the vocal delivery. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really enjoyed it, but 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 with that sort of um, yeah, like it, it was it it was very punk rock, but experimental enough to yeah. fit onto this. Oh yeah, definitely or, made or, sense. This film, yeah, 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 made sense being there, and was and was a nice kind of refreshing change in pace. Yeah, yeah, for what sure. What was going on? Yeah. Uh, so Chris and I missed Pine um, due to wanting a snack, and it would have been the third time this summer I'd seen them. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but um, we then saw the Guru Guru. Um, I mean, these were probably my discovery of the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, you liked it a lot more than I did. I was like, um, I thought, great stage presence, great charisma, and I can see why, musically, um, they were due to um, tour with the St. Pierre Snake Invasion uh, before they had to pull out due to not being able to travel because they're Belgian. Yeah. but uh, yeah, you were bang into it. Yeah, I, I mean, the more it went on, the more I got into it. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I will point out at this point when they played, what would it have been, like six o'clock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's four hours worth. That's probably about three beers. Not too much. Yeah. But it was enough for me to say that uh, they reminded me of the future of the left being fronted by Arthur Dent from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy <laughs> after a shitload of cocaine. Right. <laughs> uh, that's what the front man reminded me of he looked like he was wearing pyjamas mm-hmm. he looked like he was playing a role mm-hmm. of a guy lost and not sure what he was doing and every now and then just manically shook maracas at everybody and I loved it <laughs> uh, yeah. well this is the thing with with like the whole maracas stuff I just thought okay I mean this is a hard rock band and I'm not really sure why they're here uh, couldn't hear the maracas. No, no, I know, I know. It was know, just I a know. visual thing. But um, no, I, I, I don't know. I think there was. I mean, if you're going with the broad term of experimental rock, mm. I don't know what else you'd class them as, really. Okay. In the same way as Future of the Left, you know, other than if you created a new genre of quirky rock, God yeah. forbid, you know, <laughs> is that <laughs> wacky, wacky rock? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I thought there were lots of different, and again, the, the more the set, I think this is why I enjoyed them, the more their set went on, is the more the set went on, the more different kind of influences started to sort of show themselves and come into it. Mm. There were little sections that were more kind of grungy or thrashy or electro-based. Or like, okay. Just a lot of stuff kind of thrown together, but somehow all worked as one project. Fair um, enough. Yeah, I've, and I've still not listened to them on record at all, actually. Um, so at some point I will do and go and see if I enjoy it as much as I did the live show see how much of it was just the bizarreness of the physical performance (laughs) um so then we um then we saw all old favorites um alpha male tea party yeah i mean not a lot to say other than i love that band and they were great yeah basically pretty much brilliant as always very loud very loud yeah um just great to see them again yeah really been a while i think not seen them since their uh, long drive home podcast started, mm. and I feel like I've become, in my mind, closer to them through that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so it was nice to. See them. I particularly enjoyed, obviously, of course, Alpha Male Tea Party set had technical difficulties. Yeah. Uh, at one point, the bass amp kind of stopped working properly, mm-hmm. and at the same time, a guitar string broke, uh, and someone shouted from the crowd, "Why don't you do a podcast about it?" <laughs> <laughs> to which he responded don't because right now this is the worst gig I've ever had <laughs> uh, it wasn't it wasn't it was wonderful and they pulled it through um, so then we saw I told you I, I told you I, I, I told you I told you I would eat you <laughs> um, yeah just um, I don't know if they played new stuff I I I don't know them on record well enough. Yeah, to yeah. Know. All I would say but is it's, it's it's long overdue. Yeah. I mean, all I would know is they're one of those bands that I'm never that like actively excited to see, mm. and then whenever I see them, they pull it out of the bag, and and I love it. Um, it always kind of feels that the, I've seen them a few times, and it always kind of feels to me slightly chaotic and like it could fall apart at any yeah, moment. Yeah. And I love well, that, that about it. I mean, that's that's that might have something to do with the fact that there's six people on stage, and and they seem to have rotating band members. Yeah. Um, yeah, but again, another kind of nice change of tone and pace to the rest of the weekend. I thought mm-hmm. there was something they brought to it that kind of emo side of things that, yeah, that we yeah, hadn't yeah. had at that up to that point. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, good band. Um, didn't enjoy the set. This time around, as much as I'd enjoyed others, okay. but um, but yeah, still always had uh, good fun to watch live. And um, then we went home because we're old and we needed bed. Yeah, <laughs> sorry exactly. to nervous et al. Yeah, because it's eight o'clock on a Sunday night, and we decided let's fuck off home. <laughs> <laughs> so that was our Portals Festival. Oh, it's tragic, isn't it? Okay. Literally, we were got. I think we were only like at four o'clock in the afternoon on that Sunday. Yeah. Um, I was saying to Wally, my knees hurt, my back yeah, hurts. Yeah. My eyes are old and bent. Yeah. My eyes are old and bent. The difference is, I was, I was realising this when I got home, I was talking to Nicky. I said, the difference is, you do an all-weekender like camping festival. Yeah. You spend half the time sat on your ass on the grass watching bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I do, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so do I. Whereas this thing, you know, it's indoor venues, you're standing up the whole time. Yeah. That's my excuse, anyway. Well, and also we've spent the best part of two years sat, sat, down. Our, sat in our houses. Yeah. Not able to do anything, so. 
We tried. We did our best. Yeah. Anyway. So, yes, um, as just came up there, uh, we are a band. We are two members of a band. We are called My Eyes Are Old and Bent. We play a blend of post-hardcore and post-metal. Uh, we will do something someday, someday we promise. Um, if you like to follow our exploits of doing fuck all. Um, there genuinely is. There's, there's something recorded and more being recorded as of the end of this week. So there is stuff coming, like in 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to follow those false promises... Uh, on our social media account, uh, we can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the handle at M-E-A-O-A-B. Uh, talking of doing nothing, um, this podcast is brought to you by Crib Heart Promotions. Uh, this is Chris and I wanted to put on bands in London and Surrey. Um, so if you are in a band, if you are mates of a band, if you manage a band, if you manage a venue... Um, or, or if you're mates of a band and just want to shout them out, um, just um, hit us up. Uh, and also, if you're interested in, in cool gigs that may be coming up in those areas, um, give us a follow at Grimheart on Facebook and Instagram at Grimheart Promo. Instagram. Instagram. Hmm. Uh, again, we are trying, um, but turns out bands aren't as desperate to get back on a stage as we thought they might be yeah yeah resistant um, <laughs> so, um yeah our, our portals review kind of forms our shout outs we'll put up a few yeah. um songs from bands we liked over the course of the weekend on our playlist which you can uh check out um link is in the description um for our spotify rank bank playlist um now standing at over 500 songs long <laughs> so shuffle that for a lovely time don't try and listen to it front to back because you'll go insane um so yeah all that remains is for us to oh they're um, not on there yeah pun they're not on there <laughs> All that remains. Sorry. Oh yeah, because the uh, lead singer is a gun-toting weirdo. Yep. Um, yes, we can be found if you want to shout at us about our ocean size opinions or our Portals Festival opinions. Uh, we can be found on our Twitter accounts. I'm on at O double L I E X C O R E, and Chris, you are on at C M Grumps. C M Grumps. Um, so yes. Um, Give us a shout on there if you want to talk about the pod. You know, we have a nice time doing these sometimes. <laughs> um, <and> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, if, you, if you're not subscribed to the podcast already, if that hasn't give you, given you um, <laughs> the boost to do so, please do. We can be found on all your favourite podcatchers. And um, if you're so inclined, a five-star review and a recommendation to a pal would be wonderful. Thank you very much if you want to do that. Um, all that remains is to introduce our next episode. And uh, they actually came up earlier. We are finally revisiting after all these mm. months. It's about a six-month gap, I think, we've had, yeah. isn't it? Which is what we wanted. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so after we lost parts three and four... 
of the Coheed and Cambria special with our friend Rob Barber. Um, we are getting back together with him. Uh, we've had enough time to forget each other's opinions. Uh, so yeah, um, tune in for that in two weeks' time. Um, but for now, take care, everyone. We'll see you soon. Ta-ta. Oh, 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 oh,